Welcome back to Arcanum Theurgy. A uh, little bit of a different intro there. That is Maupena, but that is in honor of our 10th episode, so we wanted yeah. to switch it up a little bit. <laughs> Very special episode. No, <laughs> number 10. We've, we got 10 in the bag now. Yeah, so uh, with that being said, um, we would like to first thank Brady Penitin. I do believe that's how it's pronounced. Uh, we made a Patreon not too long ago, and when we did that, he was the first one to subscribe. And we really appreciate that. He left us some nice comments as well as something that he worked on in school. But, you know, I digress. We really appreciate that, Brady. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even in private, I've told Dan, like, it's going to be crazy. Even if you get, like, a dollar from somebody for doing it, like, that just feels cool because you're just doing this... It's like it's like an artist selling their first painting, you know, not to like make it out bigger, but it's like that type of thing. Like, yeah, it just, know, feel, it just it feels, feels good. good yeah. You know, it's like you make your first dollar, but exactly, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. And we've just been getting mostly like mostly positive feedback and everything, which is again really cool. Been talking with people on Reddit; they've been giving me a lot of cool information, helping us out to understand things that we, maybe we didn't get just quite right. Uh, suggesting other materials, which is very helpful and very cool. And um, yeah. which Brady also did do. He yes, helped he me did, with yeah. the. Uh, the crone. The crone, yes. yes. And, and all of that. So, again, thank you to everyone who did that. Um, so, yeah, this is episode 10 on numbers. We're going to be talking about all kinds of numbers here. So, Joe, if you want to start us off. Sure. And you're Dan Rasinowski. <laughs> and I'm Dan Rasinowski. <laughs> That's right. All right. Yeah, I'm Joe Schaefer here to talk about numbers. Some important numbers, some key numbers. Um, I'm mostly going to focus on 7 and 40. Um, and then Dan's going to go over just a few other ones. Um, so I want to talk about a couple of important numbers in alchemy or numbers that I encounter a lot in my readings. Uh, this should basically just serve as a good intro into the depths of numbers just as being more than just, you know, two of an item, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, you know. Um, and simply just hopefully have some information here that can fill in any cracks of someone else's research or just maybe be a jumping point. Like, oh, that's interesting, blah, blah, blah. Didn't know that. So let's just get right into it. For his entry on numbers in his Dictionary of Symbols, Sir Lowe writes that, quote, In symbolism, numbers are not merely the expressions of quantities, but idea forces, each with a particular character of its own. The actual digits are, as it were, only the outer garments, unquote. Uh, we can see how numbers would be of importance in alchemy when we read something like the following, also from Sir Lowe in his passage, Quote, the idea that one engenders two and two creates three is founded upon the premise that every entity tends to surpass its limits or to confront itself with its opposite. Where there are two elements, the third appears as the union of the first two and then as three, in turn giving rise to the fourth number and the link between the three and so on. Unquote. So we have like progression as in progressing through the stages, moving from one to the next, growing, uh, multiplicity coming through. Uh, multiplicity coming out of unity and returning back to a unity, kind of like an Uroboros and an eternal recurrence. Um, also, opposites combining and transforming, like the conjunctio and the hermaphrodite, which comes up in alchemy. So, we've already talked about the numbers three and four in previous episodes. If we've mentioned more about them, that's fine, but I'm just for my little thing here on this side. We talked about three and four briefly in... Uh, Four in the Cross and Elements episode, which I think was episode four, too. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, oh. As well as our episode on planets, I talked a little bit about it. Um, three a little bit in that episode as well. And seven a little bit, too. But I want to talk a little bit more about seven here and also mention another number that I find popping up often that interests me, 40. Seven, 
I'm sorry, hang on, I'm repeating that. So since I began with Serlo, let's start off with him again and see what he says on the number seven. He writes that seven is, quote, symbolic of perfect order, a complete period or cycle. It comprises the union of the ternary and the quaternary, and hence is endowed with exceptional value, unquote. He also notes that seven corresponds with the reconciliation of the square with the triangle by superimposing the triangle over the square or by inscribing the triangle inside the square, and that it is a number of the basic series of musical notes, of colors, as well as the planetary spheres and gods corresponding to them. That's what we talked about in our Planets episode. So, um, Pernetti has an entry for number seven in his Mytho-Hermetic Dictionary, and he tells us that, quote, The philosophers speak of this mysterious number often. They have seven planets, seven kingdoms, seven operations, seven circles, seven metals, and they say that their work resembles the creation of the world, which took place in seven days, unquote. He picks this up later, saying, quote, But all of these seven circles, kingdoms, operations are but one continual operation to cook the matter in the kiln through the regimen of fire according to the rules of the art, unquote. He points out that in this same operation, one goes through putrefaction, solution, distillation, sublimation, calcination, circulation, and incineration, seven in total. He writes that some add coagulation and fixation, but omit distillation and circulation. Um... He also, being Pernetti, informs us that Flamel explains the seven words of the philosophers in seven chapters in his treaty, and that Paracelsus says that there are seven planets in fire, seven metals in water, seven herbs in um, earth, and seven teraniabin in air. Probably, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but anyways, uh, and seven principal members of the human body. By teraniabin, he means manna, which the ancients called threr or terer, T-H-R-E-R. Seven is also important in another tradition. Uh, in, it comes up in the Bible, uh, with many things occurring seven times, or there being seven of a certain object, and even the division of seven into four and three is mentioned in E.W. Bullinger's book, Number in Scripture. He notes that this division is especially notable in the apocalypse. And again, that's what we talked about too, like four, the four in man with the elements, the three with like this, you know, uh, salt, mercury, and sulfur, and that being combined and reconciled seven, like completion, that type of thing. Okay. okay. I may have been like pretty uh, quick in that, so maybe that's a little wrong in my explanation. But um, it is also in this book, Numbers in Scripture. That we learn, quote, in Hebrew, seven is Sheva, S-H-E-V-A-H. It is from the root Sava, S-A-V-A-H, uh, to be fulfilled or satisfied, have enough of, unquote. Bollinger continues, quote, hence the meaning of the work, uh, of the word seven is dominated by this root. For on the seventh day, God rested from the work of creation. It was full and complete and good and perfect. Nothing could be added to it or taken from it without marring it, unquote. For Bollinger, um, from his book, here's some interesting sevens. There's seven miracles in John's Gospel, seven appearances of angels during the life of Jesus on earth, seven things with spirit that spiritually defile, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and many, many other things. Um, but one that I found really interesting was that there are seven different words uh, for gold to be found in the Bible. I'm not going to list them. They're mostly, they're mostly like variants of Hebrew words and stuff. But again, this is all just from E.W. Bollinger's book, Number and Scripture. Um, 
And of this, and, and this, where he points out that there are seven different words for gold, he writes, quote, As brass is symbolical of judgment, seen in the brazen altar, so gold is symbolical of glory, and glory is grace consummated. Hence, the number of spiritual perfection uh, in the words used for gold, unquote. Interesting connection there. Another number that has popped up here and there and interested me was 40. Evola, writing about mortification in the royal art and the symbol of the desert in the Hermetic tradition, makes reference to the, quote, 40 days of Jesus' retreat, unquote, and a retreat of Moses, also of 40 days, which leads him across a desert to a fountain in which he quenches his thirst. He also writes, quote, the number 40 reminds us also of the number of hours that Jesus lay in the sepulcher, and that in the calendar of Catholic feast days after Carnival follows Ash Wednesday and a period of mortifications for 40 days, culminating in Easter with the resurrection, unquote. So you see the thing going from like, um, where was it? Carnival to Ash Wednesday and from the mortifications of 40 days to the resurrection. So like this sort of phase is going in this uh, rebirth and whatnot. Yeah. Um, 40 days also comes up again in the introduction to the Alchemy Reader when Stanton J. Linden quotes Ashmole, uh, saying, quote, As nature in her work, uh, I'm sorry, as nature in her work below used two hot workmen, so will I. And because we cannot tarry her leisure, and long time she taketh to that purpose, we will match to count and countervail her little heats with proportions answerable and meet of our time that we may do that in 40 days, which she doth in as many years, unquote. Also in chapter 44 of Roger Bacon's Radix Mundi, we read the following, quote, And in about the space of 40 days, the superficies uh, or upper part of the medicine will appear black as melted pitch, and this is the sign that the citrine body is truly converted into mercury, unquote. So returning uh, to Bollinger's number in scripture, we read, quote, 40 has long been universally recognized as an important number, both on account of the frequency of its occurrence and the uniformity of its association with a period of probation, trial, and chastisement, not judgment like the number nine, uh, unquote. He also notes that it is the product of eight and five, so eight times five, interestingly enough, and there are eight periods of 40 days mentioned in the Bible, similar to the examples given by Evola. Just another little interesting thing there. So that about wraps it up for me. But uh, then we can go to Dan. Yeah, so um, a lot of similar stuff, like a lot of biblical stuff comes up when you talk about these numbers, especially, you know, seven um, Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. Uh, I just want to say that this might get a little confusing because on this end, there was a lot of just like, there's just numbers everywhere. It's like, you know, um, three here times 11 plus six, six, six plus, and it's like, I want to say in that in that Grimorium Verum, isn't there just like a bunch of charts of like numbers being multiplied? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what they do. I can't remember um, what book I was looking through lately. I think it was that it one was where that, there was there's, a bunch of that. There's a chart. I think I was showing Bass got like the German on it, okay, or something like that. Anyways, <clears throat> the most uh, sacred numbers in the occult are three, six, nine, eleven, and thirteen. And the multiples thereof, so like especially uh, like 22, 33, 44, 55, so on and so forth. Um, And then the triplication of these numbers is even more important. 
uh, you know, such as 111, 222, 333, and so on. Mm. And uh, there really isn't a difference between the single digits, the double digits, or the triple digits. It's only, like, when they're doing a quote-unquote ritual, like, such as in masonry and stuff like that, it's just supposed to amplify the desired effect. Okay. So it's not like 333 means something specifically. It's just like, you know, let's kick it up and Ramping up the power of three. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much what it is. Um, and to start off, three was the first sacred number, a perfect number, uh, representing the pagan trinity. Yep. <laughs> Represented geometrically as a triangle and spiritually as a third eye of Hinduism. So you got a couple different things there. Mm. Third eye, triangle, um, and there's also uh, 33 degrees in masonry. Yes. So, yeah. uh, what that is and is... was Jesus 33 when he died or 30? He, it was either oh, or. I, I should know that. Yeah, it's pathetic yeah. that I said what. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So um, there's 33 degrees in masonry. So uh, what it is is you know Kundalini or the serpent force, uh, which is directed up the 33 sections of the vertebrae to achieve illumination. So that's why they have 33 uh, degrees, and they're like, that's it, because it's such a sacred number mm-hmm. to them and in general. Um, next is six. Which represents the soul of man, and this also represents the um, excuse me omnipotent power of God, as this belief parallels uh, Revelation thirteen eighteen, where God assigns the number triplication six 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 to both man and the beast. You know, so yeah, everyone knows six six six, but people think it's like the mark of the beast. But God also gave it to man as well, um, and six is also represented by the hexagram which is, you know, the circle with a six-pointed star within touching all the sides. Right. And then we get to seven, where uh, it represents the perfected man, or, well, what would... The perfected man. The (laughs) biblical number of the mark of Cain, so, and what that is, is uh, God bestowed onto Cain uh, the mark of Cain, which is represented by seven, which protected him, not in the sense that he couldn't die, but in the sense that if he were to be killed who or harmed or whatever, anybody who did so, that um, would be returned to them. They would be repaid in kind, essentially, tenfold. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, basically, eye for an eye. So it was a deterrent, so nobody would touch him. Everyone would leave him alone, which is... Um, I guess can also be attributed from what I read to the whole lucky number seven. You know, uh, I'm I'm protected. I, I got good luck. Nothing can stop me because uh, it can also mean perfection, protection, and blessing. So you know, like oh seven, that's a blessing. You know, gambling. <laughs> yeah, lucky seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move on to eleven, which is from what I could tell was the most important number because that number multiplied by any of the original sacred numbers, 3, 6, 9, 11 itself, or 13, creates that doubling or that tripling of the number. Hmm. Um, so it's specifically important because of what I just said, multiplied by the other numbers, it creates the, the multiples. Uh, it is called the master number because 10 represents God. So God is represented as the number 10, and then 11 is considered the master number because it's one step above God, which I think you kind of pointed something out like that, like um, something very similar to that where it's like each number is like a step up, and then that makes it greater. Uh, yeah, when, when I was quoting Sir Lowe, talking about like one coming, uh, two coming from one, exactly. which gives birth to three. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it might be slightly different because I don't oh, know. No, it's definitely well, different. Well, that's the thing with the numbers, too, is because, like, it's different in, in Kabbalah and in tarot and in the occult and mm-hmm. in alchemy and then in Christianity. You know what I mean? Like, there's some overlapping where, like, some of these numbers have an internal sort of built-in thing. Like, like Trinity throughout has a certain importance to it. One with unity, but then also the fact that two comes out of one. You know, um, three comes out of two. Yeah, so but so but still, like that progression because, like, even for instance, if you watch like David Lynch stuff, he's always talking about like the number ten means perfection or or completion. Mm-hmm. But even there's interpretations of seven being the number of completion and seven, which he is also, uh, funnily enough, David Lynch's favorite number is seven, number seven. But, um, and then I also. But then it gets different, too, because five is often associated with protection in certain traditions, but it's also associated with man. And then there's like a, there's a whole Jewish um, sequence of numbers that I heard about on a podcast, uh, that Florian Geyer's podcast. In one of the episodes, like he had this guy, Raphael Johnson was talking about the numbers, how they're seen through there, like one, two, three, four. And four is like death. So, because it's like a square, like... <laughs> well, I was reading my notes, I was seeing... I was, oh, sorry. I was, uh, no, that's fine. I was, I was following along. I'm like, I was trying to see... Yeah, because... And I'm um, not trying to throw a rock. I'm just trying to make it clear that, like, we're, we're, we're not saying, like, here, here's what seven means, and that's what it means. Like, no, I yeah. told you from, like, my sort of alchemical, then reaching into how... Because Evel is always making reference to, like, the Upanishads, Buddhism, Christianity, Catholicism. So, like, I mean, I feel like if I'm doing an alchemy thing, I can reach out a little bit and say, well, here's how it comes through in the Bible, like, for certain similar things. You know what I mean? So, I just want the listener to be confused that i'm thinking like i understand what the number seven means everywhere well then you know that's exactly what that's why i said numbers in the occult because you yes, said there's yeah. yeah so this is just in the occult this isn't like this is what it means in every single religion or you right. know belief or so on and so forth so sorry um, about that digression no anyways yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, we digress back to 11 so 10 is considered god and then 11 is the master number because that's one step above god okay. quote unquote um uh, and it can mean sin, transgression, or peril. Those words are attached to 11. So not necessarily uh, it's the master number, but it's got bad connotations to it. Mm. Um, and then moving right along to number 13, which you know people think is the bad number. But in all reality, it is a sacred... Um, it, it, it can be represented... Uh, well, 13 was used to create... Um, 13 circles, ge- geometric 13 circles, uh, the flower of life. Hmm. So, which is just, it's just a, a, a placement of specific, you know, 13 circles. Um, it represents death and rebirth, as well as rebellion against God's authority. So, it was not intended to be used by the profane. So, there was a small group of people who, who I do believe were Jewish, because I didn't write down the quote, but um, the quote was, it was not supposed to be used by the profane, hence the superstition surrounding it. And the quote said, uh, that is our number, not yours, Goyim. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, they created the superstition around it that 13 was bad, so people would stay away from it. So people who were not supposed to be using it would not. Ah. So it's that, that's why everyone's like, oh, 13. But in reality, it's <laughs> like, funny. yeah, it's 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 good. It's real good, believe it or not. <laughs> it's the best number. Yeah. I mean, essentially, along with 11, those two are right up there. And then uh, these are in no specific order either. Just going on to number nine, um, it's sacred because it's the cube of three, which is the first perfect number. So you do the uh, triplification of, you know, three, 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 nine, nine, nine. And then it can be inverted into 666, six, six, which is also another sacred number. Again, the mark of man and the beast. 
Um, so that's as simple as that, you know, nine because uh, three times three is nine. Mm. And, and that's, it's as simple as that. Um, and then going on to five, which isn't a sacred number. By the way, I forgot to mention that seven and five are not sacred numbers, though they do have their meanings. Mm. Um, five represents female energy, largely due to there being five days in a woman's fertility cycle, quote unquote. Um, it is represented by the pentagram. Everyone knows the pentagram. Don't need to explain that. And it also has uh, Isis, the goddess Isis, hmm. um, attached to it, as well as divine proportion. <clears throat> and this is simple as that, because uh, everyone knows the pentagram. And then also, this is going to be maybe a different thing on my end, but numbers are also connected to each letter of the alphabet. So, for example, 1 is A, 2 is B, so on and so forth. Um, and, and that can mean something. I don't know if that's something on your end that might come no, up like I letters at all. Of, I mean, um, in in tarot and uh, Kabbalah, they, like there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So like each number has a, a Hebrew letter. 1 to 22 has a Hebrew letter attached to it like for, for various things. But like that's the closest that I have seen anything to like what you're talking about at least in what i look at that's all yeah on my end there i i didn't delve too deep into it because that's probably a whole nother thing but there's also there's a chart with you know numbers connected to these letters um so that's pretty much it and then in these uh like for example like the masonry meetings and all of these things um there might be certain numbers of things but it's not just completely like like as you said at the beginning like it's not just three candles because whatever mm. it represents you know <clears throat> these sacred numbers um and and that goes for any of them so it's it's channeling their beliefs through specific numbers of things uh you know items physical items that you can hold and it, you know that's why people think uh like for example, like there's pentagrams, hexagrams. You'll see that everywhere. Mm -hmm. And these, it's just, it's just kind of interesting how um, a lot of these things that you see are just people think that it's pointless or there's no meaning to it. Numbers have a big, you know, role in that. Uh, it's it, as simple as that. Yeah, and yeah, there's, it's like what's, yeah, like what came through in my thing too is it's more than just a thing to represent quantity. That's you know, there, well, there's exactly. something in in the idea of the of that number. You know. Yeah. No. That's that's it. Um, yeah. Well, this uh, that's about it, really. Yeah, that's all I got on that. Okay. Well. Yes. Uh, sorry. This one. I don't. I know it probably wasn't terribly exciting as an episode, but uh, we just felt we needed to sort of talk about numbers a little bit. We, we've we've put this one off a little bit, um, so we just figured we'd get it done. And you know, uh, not, what did we have in mind for next? I think. Well, we could talk about that on our own because I don't want to say something like we're going to do this next yeah, and, and not yeah, fail and keep the promise. But right. yeah, we will be here in another two weeks because we're ba we switched to biweekly now just mm -hmm. to sort of do some more research and stuff. Um, so yeah. Oh, I just have one more interesting seven I came across just very like coincidentally and yeah. looking through this. So since you know France has a rich hermetic uh, tradition going back for a long time, it's like it's on. There's hermetic alchemical stuff on all their cathedrals, and there's a lot of French writers and works that are you know dealing with this stuff. So this one isn't, but just as that that's the connection in George Stendhal's book on love, he has um, when one falls in love, the soul goes through a seven stage process. And it is one, admiration, two, the physical, imagining contact with the beloved, 
Three, hope, in which you observe all the perfections of your beloved. Four, the birth of love. Five, the first crystallization. Six, reservations, which is when doubt begins to creep in. And seven is the second crystallization, and you're in love. Um, you can look up more about that. It's in George Stendhal um, on love, and it's that all that is detailed in like the first two chapters, and they're pretty short too. So, just interesting stuff. All right, yeah, that 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 about wraps it up for numbers. Um, so we will definitely be back within two weeks with something else that will be episode eleven, but. That being said, this was episode 10 on numbers. I'm Dan Rasinowski. I'm Joe Schaefer. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. You guys take care.